Welcome, apprentices and acolytes. Thank you so much for coming to Lord Dagavir's Unlock the Knowledge. Today we're going to be talking about the High Republic comic and half of Light of the Jedi. Ready up, my destiny. Thanks so much for coming, guys. I appreciate you all being here today. <laughs> it's crazy. It's about 11 p.m. at night on Sunday, and I just have, like, zero time. So I'm trying to get everything, all the content I possibly can, muster it up for you, set it up, present it to you as best I can to give you all the knowledge. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while, but hey, hope you're doing. Hope everybody's ready. Now let's uh, ready up for some good Star Wars content. So High Republic has been going around. It is the first time this all the stories. It's the first time since Disney has got the license that we have some really awesome, huge stories kind of breaking in since The Force Awakens. Uh, and, and, and I'm very, 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 very excited to get into all of this. Uh, we have the Light of the Jedi book, we have the Star Wars High Republic comic, and then we have Into Darkness and Test of Courage. Those will be coming out later. Some people already have them. I am not well enough established on social media yet to the point where I can get these review copies. But hey, every single podcast, every single subscriber that we have, every single YouTube video that I make uh, all helps in that way. So right now I'm going to go to my YouTube channel real quick just to give you somewhat of a summarization of where we are, where we stand. And the last video that I uploaded, which was the uh, comic and uh, the comic review, uh, did, pre did pretty well. Uh, we're at 156 views, uh, which is uh, the third highest uh, viewed video that I've had uh, that isn't a reaction uh, and it's okay like we're doing uh, solid we're doing well we're doing okay we're doing better than we've ever done just to give you a perspective we I've had maybe like 40 views on average before all the reactions took place uh, and so we have 156 right now uh, and that's pretty awesome uh, really good job that I've had community that actually <laughs> literally wants to listen to me talk uh, about how much I love Star Wars and it's so beautiful uh, there was a couple things that I wanted to talk about today just before this uh, is about this whole so social justice wars rhetoric um, and Kathleen Kennedy hate right for those of you who do not know, Kathleen Kennedy is the main producer. Uh, she's leader of Lucasfilm Operations. Uh, she, I believe, and please uh, please fact check me on this because I, I love it when people prove me wrong so I can understand and learn. But from what I understand, she's the person that makes all these decisions, right? She's the person, is the, she's, the, she's the main ruler uh, that basically has all the direction of where everything wants to go. She's the reason why you have all these stories, video games, movies, everything is basically her decision um ultimately there's some movie decisions too that people also say that as well that oh she's the reason why palpatine was here she's the reason why uh luke was the way he was i i, I don't know that i'm not behind doors in lucas film but what i do know is that she has a piece uh, in her hand and everything and it's the reason why you have the sequel trilogy but it's also the reason why you have Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi series and Cassian Andor series and all these other series that are coming out right now and a lot of people like to just uh, hate on her because of the sequel trilogy and you know what uh, I don't really I'm not really a big hater but absolutely critique her on the things that went wrong in the sequel trilogy. And there's a lot of things, arguably, debatably, um, that went wrong because of planning, uh, multiple production issues, multiple different directors, vision, uh, whatever, planning, you can, you name it, sure. There's a lot of things that the sequel tri trilogy wasn't. And you know, I, I feel like that is a just 
and and true form of of critique but the issue that i have is whenever i talk positive about something uh, for instance the high republic i have a great base a great audience uh, that just likes to combat positivity and uh, I'm not really biased uh, about a lot of things if I like it I love it you know uh, and uh, just to give you an example for the rise of Skywalker I had a three and a half hour review that is on my YouTube channel and I did not like that movie you know uh, especially when I had my when I first saw it I thought it was the best and worst Star Wars movie possible and when I saw it again, I really did not like it. There's a lot of things that I did not like, and I go on and, and I rant. But there's some things that I really love about it. Um, now, <laughs> too long didn't read here before I, I get too much. I have an issue with certain excuses, or not so much excuses, I have certain views that I don't like. And I want to read a comment that is on my video right now, my most recent video, which is my reaction to the High Republic comic and the Light of the Jedi so far. So it's a basic question, a basic comment that I usually put on there. It's the pin comment. So if you're not familiar with that, what happens is a YouTuber will upload a video and below that video, usually the first one is their own pin comment. Usually for me, it's like, hey, thanks so much for coming. I appreciate you. You know, let's get the knowledge ready up. Please subscribe. Thank you so much for supporting the channel. That's it. So this one I have, I just finished the comic and well into the book now. Uh, these are my thoughts so far, and then I will be making a full review of the book as soon as I am finished. Please like, subscribe, and stay awesome. That's my pinned comment, right? And then immediately I have someone comment and they're like, bro, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but it's so bad and full of wokes. Right. So it's so bad and full of wokes, okay? Um, and then he replies again to me, and I'm just telling him I really just don't understand what he means, right? I really don't understand uh, the entire uh, basis of this right now. And from what I understand, and I could be completely wrong about this, uh, there's individuals that just don't like characters being represented. Whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's religion, whatever it is. For some reason... Uh, people don't like it. And a really good comparison is Rey from the sequel trilogy and Ahsoka from Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and of course now her own show. So the difference is, uh, I want to say, what the main thing being thrown around is Rey is a Mary Sue, Ahsoka is a character that is well written. I, I, I don't really know... What is fact? What is fiction? What I do understand is that they're both female, um, and I, in in my opinion, I I like them both. I enjoy both of these characters. Do I love Ahsoka more? Yeah, of course. But that is because Ahsoka has had ten plus years to be fleshed out and well written, whereas Rey uh, only had three movies, right? And that's in the span of 2015 to, what, 2019, 2020? So, it's, yeah, 2019. So, I get it, right? But let's go down to his last comment where he talked to me. And he was, I, I told him I didn't really understand that. And he told me that Kathleen Kennedy wants to renew Star Wars and destroy the George Lucas legacy instead of continuous, that's what he said, continuous trilogy, they destroy the OG characters. Um, 
And then he also replied to another person's comment and says, uh, it destroy white men and no connect to the prequel. So yes. So what I'm thinking, what I, what I think he's saying is the characters, the sequel trilogy, the new Disney content destroys white males, makes them weaker, I guess. And it has no connection to the prequel trilogy. So yes, it destroys Star Wars. It's bad for Star Wars. It is woke. So to talk about the High Republic and this uh, representation, uh, I, I don't see it as a bad thing, you know. And 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 in that form of representation, I guess we're talking about the main character of our of one of the one of the main Jedi, the Grand Master, who in this time is Avar Chris, and she is a white female, blonde. And then we have Keeve Trennis, who is, in my opinion, the second most important character right now, uh, to my understanding, and that is a um, that is also a female African American, uh, but like. I, like I don't care yeah I don't I don't understand why it's it's seen as a bad thing you know now like if the story is bad right uh, the characters are poorly written and uh, this isn't Star Wars or you know I can understand those excuses but uh, I don't really understand why 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 race um, why res why representing different race? is such a bad thing you know um and 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 this is and this is fiction uh, excuse me this is non-fiction you know uh this is not real stuff so it's not like you're uh you're whitewashing something or you're uh, putting characters in there that weren't originally this race it, it's just like, like these are characters that don't exist these are characters that can be whatever they want and this is star wars so this is a galactic story with so many planets, so many races and species. Um, and that's one of the things I loved about the High Republic is that it made me feel even more Star Wars-y because there was just uh, so many different aliens. Like, and, and, and the prequel trilogy, I want to say, is a really good representation of so many different aliens in Star Wars because you see so many different Jedi. Uh, the, cantinas, uh, the cantina scene in the original, you know, in episode four, when they go to Moise Eisley Space Station, um, you know, that's, that's a really big, uh, a really big scene that makes you feel Star Wars because there's so many different characters. Sorry about that. My cat was trying to destroy statues, so I had to run out there and protect everybody. Um, so like I was talking about, representation here, uh, in the High Republic, I want to say, isn't a bad thing. I don't understand why representation is a bad thing. Uh, when it's, when it's forced, um, and you're just doing it to do it, right? Yeah. Sure, that I would see. I would say is not great for organic writing, right? You're doing it just to do it, to send a message. Almost, it's an agenda, and but at the same time, you know, if it's if the quality is good, if the story is good, if the characters um, are great, who cares? Who cares? I like at the end of the day, I just want good Star Wars, and right now. After this 12 minutes of me talking about this comment that's honestly just bugged me all day today. Um, and the reasons why, why it's bugged me is because what I do is I read something. And then 
I see what everybody else says about it. Um, and then I'll read it again. And just so I can understand them, right? And there's a lot of negative Star Wars channels out there, which is fine. Uh, I feel like there needs to be a huge voice in, in everything. And, and you need to get all aspects, you know, all complaints, all positives. See what everybody's saying, you know, because you want to kind of find your own voice and signal in the frequency, right? And for me, I do that a lot because I want to make sure that I'm not blind. I want to make sure that I'm not following anybody. Um, but there's already people who want to like this just to like it. And there's already people who want to hate this just to hate it. And, and I feel like when I look at all these comments, uh, and I look at all, and I listen to all these, these videos, a lot of them, I, I feel like are, are, are unjust, you know, they are not just. They are not uh, right. And what I mean by that is they convict them off of a certain belief the person has. And uh, it's, it's, it's not really like it has nothing to do with dogma. It's more so like, you know what? I don't like this person. Uh, like, and and there's, a, there's a kind of a joke uh, from one of the creators I watch. You know, it's like... Disney, Star Wars, bad. Kathleen Kennedy, bad. Bad. You know, it's like they hear those trigger words and they e immediately just permanently <laughs> make it and, and, and view it as something that is negative. They don't want to support it. They boycott it almost, right? And it's, and it's sad to me because the High Republic has a great opportunity to become its own thing. And one of the reasons why so many people don't like it, or excuse me, that, that's not true. There's a lot of people that really love this right now. And I think the majority of the fan base likes it right now. Um, but the reason why the High Republic is so important is because this is the first time Disney has done anything original, uh, like in their own version. You know, uh, this is their own biggest thing aside the movies, you know, and... I feel like this is more important than the movies because this is going to dictate the entire direction of future projects in the expanded universe, uh, most notably comics and books, maybe even video games, you know? And we have the Old Republic, which is the Legends continuity, which is the old timeline before uh, Disney was involved. And we have those 30 plus years of books and comics and video games. Uh, and the High Republic is ultimately replacing that Old Republic, right? Old Republic is thousands of years before the movies. High Republic is only 200 years before the movies. Do you see that math difference? So, obviously, the original Legends timeline is way more fleshed out. Way more in-depth. Way more extended in, in, in writing everything and, and giving you the entire timeline of backstories and characters everybody loves. Of course people are upset because this is replacing that but that does not make a viable defense about why you should hate this why you should not support this why you should boycott this um you can call it all things you know but at the end of the day the only thing it's doing is constricting 
the success of Star Wars overall. And I feel like there's a lot of people that need to let it go. Because I have seen several negative, not necessarily negative Star Wars influencers, but influencers who are very, very hard on new Star Wars that have liked this, that have liked this book, that have been okay with the comic. And the comic, in my opinion, is harder to tell and hard and harder to make people on its side because it's an issue. It's only like six or it's only like twelve or so pages, you know. And a lot of the pages only have like one or two pieces of dialogue. There's just a lot of art, and the, the issues. If you ever read a comic, the issues are very very small. Um, so it's really hard to make that big bam in that one comic or a book. You have. 200 plus 300 plus pages you know this book is good uh it's getting good i'm on chapter 13 right now and i want to talk about the characters the jedi specifically uh there is a terrifying uh galactic <laughs> uh almost like apocalyptic event it is a catastrophe um, it's terrifying reading it. And when I first initially heard about it, because, uh, you know, they give you an idea and there's a, there's a just a catastrophe that's on a galactic level, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, it's, it's always hard to, in my opinion, when I hear something like that, I, I always say to myself, well, I guess, uh, like, I guess when you come out, and you already make a, a villain unbeatable. Uh, I don't think it's a good look, right? Because it just makes it so unfair, you know, for the hero. Like, they just instantly lose everything, right? That They're instantly just uh, <laughs> powerless. And, and I was really afraid that they would take that away from our heroes too quickly. Um, but the way they go about this... Uh, with Charles Soule, and he's the writer of this novel. Um, he does it really well. And I love the way he's doing it too, because there's still not a lot being explained. Uh, of course, I haven't read the book the entire way, but you have to understand that this is a storyline that is extending uh, throughout years and years of years of storytelling that we're going to have, because there's so many writers who are in this. You know, they've all thought about the story and they have a vision for it they have a beginning a middle and end for it it's been completely planned out since 2015 that in my opinion has way more planning than the entire sequel trilogy and we already know this we already know that because of daisy ridley's interviews you know john boyega's interviews you know there's so much evidence that points to what people wanted or what people were trying to do what actress said that it was going to happen, you know, there's concept art of things that should have happened in the movies and didn't happen in the movies, you know, and, and this seems like it's one collective energy, it's one collective story, and that's why I'm really excited, because Charles Soule is taking that first big step with this novel, and he's making a damn good book, and... I was really worried when I started reading the first couple pages because it's setting up. It's setting up for this catastrophe 
this disaster, right? And it's a, it's, it's a little annoying because there's so many characters. There's so many characters in this. I literally feel like it's Game of Thrones of Star Wars because you're introduced to just so many Jedi, so many characters, and a third of them, maybe even half of them or more, are killed instantly within the, the same chapter that they're introduced. So, uh, and that's the hardest thing is it takes me a while to get used to that because there's just so much happening and only till about the eighth or ninth chapter you really start to understand why and the magnitude you know and and the type of value uh, just the, just the scope of what the jedi have to deal with what the republic has to deal with and that's the cool thing too what i like about this movie is usually it's just about the jedi it's about the light side and the dark side um but this is why it's making it uh, so much cooler than a lot of other Star Wars stories because you have the Republic. You know, you have the Republic. You have the government. And the Republic is trying so hard. And, and they actually care. Like, they, they, they really, truly care. I say, like, when you watch the prequels, you know, Episode 1, 2, and 3, Render of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, uh, there is a lot of uh, r dirty politicians, you know, dirty cops, things like that. You know, it's just a lot of people. There's, there's just a lot of... Uh, deceptiveness, right? In this, and and in this specific story, it seems like there isn't really a lot of that yet. Like it seems like the Republic is one whole true idea. Everybody's fighting for this. You know, it's a true democracy. They're together, and they even say that. You know, we were all the Republic. That's their motto. We're all the Republic. We are all the Republic. Um, and they're doing that while they're trying to save everybody. Uh, and it's and it's nice like it's 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 just it's, it feels like you're a part of this republic and i've never really given a damn about the republic in in the prequels because you know what it turns into you know it turns into the empire but this seems like it's at a time where things were more innocent you know things the the ideals were more true and then you have the jedi i haven't even talked about the jedi yet uh but now you have the jedi and these Jedi are so virtuous, like they're so high and mighty. It's so weird because um, they almost seem like gods, demigods, like touching down on the surface for the first time from the clouds, um, which makes <clears throat> a lot of the characters, but like two at the moment, uh, or three even out of like maybe like the 10 or so Jedi that are introduced to me right now, very bland. Like there, and and the reason why they're they're not bland, it's just <clears throat> there's so many Jedi being introduced that you can't get a full fix of these characters. And the only two characters that I really are are I, I, I want to say I'm, I'm most known about, and this is not in the comic, so this is uh, this excludes Keep Trinus, um, is Avara Chris and uh, Greystorm. Greystorm is supposed to, he's a Twi'lek, he's supposed to be one of the most <clears throat> greatest teachers of the age, more so than Yoda at the moment, because Yoda, I don't really think, is at that grandmaster part of himself. He's a master for sure, but it seems like he's still in line, maybe like four or five, six Jedi that are in front of him right now uh, that are either more powerful or more, more renowned than him, you know? So, 
uh, we have Avara Chris, right? And, and I feel like she's introduced so far uh, the best out of out of all the characters, and 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 for good reason too, because she's the best, of the best. You know, she's the Grandmaster right now. She is the Jedi's poster boy or poster girl, so far, as I would say, <clears throat> because she is. It seems like she is she is the best, and. What's really cool about this book is it kind of reminds me a little bit of how um, Timothy Zahn, the creators of the creator of Thrawn and the writer for the Thrawn novels, uh, both the new canon and the old, he in, in Thrawn Alliances he described the Force precognition of you know the Jedi looking into the future, trying to deflect uh, blaster bolts uh, and things of that nature so beautifully so well that every time i watch the movies now i always think about his writing and the way he describes it right but charles soul takes avara chris and we're he's telling us about how she's dipping into the force and she's connecting to everybody connecting to jedi all across not just the planet but the galaxy and do you remember what i used to talk about with Thrawn alliances <clears throat> Thrawn Alliances uh, was really uh, Thrawn Alliances was good too because it, you talked about the Emperor and the Emperor was sensing a Force-sensitive child move something or use the Force very minutely, you know, so with such a such a minimal effort and sense that across the galaxy, and and you kind of have that with Avara Chris except she's using battle meditation, which is an old. An, an old uh, Jedi trick, Force trick. The Emperor used to use this. Uh, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the uh, why the Empire kind of folded after the Death Star was blown up. Because uh, that's one of the things about the about Return of the Jedi is it doesn't really explain why, even though the Death Star was blown up, all those Super Star Destroyers were still there and absolutely could have destroyed the Rebellion. <laughs> but that's the whole thing about the Emperor was using his battle meditation. He was connected. To, to the entire empire and uh, that's the whole entire reason why they crumbled was once the emperor died they had no one leading them their strengths you know their awareness was no longer being bolstered it was cut off so quickly that, that it seemed like a shock to everybody and, and that's how they all went down one at a time um, and that makes a little that makes way more sense <clears throat> then you know, of course, the script from from the Return of the Jedi, um, and you have Avara Chris using that same ability, and she's seeing everything, and so she's getting all this knowledge uh, about what's happening around the system. Why are these planets, these satellites, these ships being destroyed one by one? And she's, and, and that's the whole entire story. Is you're trying to figure out what's happening. Uh, you have everybody at these outposts, and they get all these signals on their radar and it's massive and there's so many of them and boom 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 they all die they there's just giant objects giant massive objects coming at them at the speed of hyperspeed they cannot see how fast it is they can only read it on their instruments and then as soon as they realize what's happening they die because it collides into them grows right through them and so you're reading so many chapters and you're getting introduced to so many characters that have the same 
type of situation. They're introduced, they realize what's happening, and then they try to hail a lot of these other planets or uh, starships or outposts, and they can't get any information, and they realize that they're about to get hit by whatever they got hit by, and then they die. The only time you really finally get to see what's happening is when the Jedi are involved, because the Jedi have that connectivity, because Aura Chris, assuming me, uh, um, Chris is uh, connecting everybody to them. And you start to realize that it's like giant meteors. And giant meteors are being flung. But then Avaro Chris senses uh, some other Jedi that was telling them that something's wrong. Uh, it's not just, it, there's something more to the asteroids. And so then you go to where these people are, these other Jedi are that are connected to her. And uh, this is where you're introduced to like five or six other Jedi that are inside uh, their vectors that they're called. And I'll get to that in a second. And they're all connected, right? And then there's this brand new, uh, uh, there's this brand new Wookiee uh, Jedi who is so funny. He's he's like a, he's a panel on Young, uh, very strong in the Force, and he's apparently like they want to like kick him from the party. They want to they want to remove him because apparently he's so young, and they feel his emotions. Uh, so, so they say like, all right, you know, let's disconnect him from the connectivity because he's getting so sad and scared. And, and so we're just going to do it themselves. And then they're focusing on this object coming at them at hyperspeed and they're all in their ships about to destroy whatever it is. Um, and then right before they're about to try to hit it, whatever it is, uh, the Wookiee gets their attention again. And so then... Uh, and so then they realized that the emotions that they sensed wasn't the Wookiees, it, the Wookiee Jedis. It was coming from the object that was coming at them. And then you find out that there's people inside these objects that are being shot everywhere and destroying the planets, the bases, the outposts, everything. And and instant and like. I was, that was like, that was like the big like, whoa, okay, that's cool. But I already knew, I felt like that was already going to happen because um, I had talked about this a while back on a, on a video and a podcast that back in the old Dark Empire comics, uh, the, re the Rebellion was being destroyed uh, for a little bit by the Empire because the Empire was shooting ships at hyperspeed with explosives and it was taking all the coordinates of the Rebel bases that they knew and they were shooting self like kamikaze ships uh at these rebel bases you know and that's essentially the same idea and i think a lot of people uh a lot of fans who really loved the you know the old comics and everything i think they get really upset <clears throat> about stuff like that uh kind of being retold um but i don't i actually like uh I actually really love that, you know, because I think, I think it's the coolest thing where they kind of recycle a lot of the Star Wars lore because that's the whole thing about, you know, Legends is that Legends had so much good material and you don't want to see it all go to waste. Um, and it's not, it's not going to waste, you know, because 
it's 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 given new life you know it's it's being reincarnated into these stories you know we have the ability that Arafa Chris is using with battle meditation you know you have this thing and then it, it's just I think it's beautiful and I, and I love that when they do that because it makes me want to read it more because you know what you know what it means that they care they did their research you know and they honestly don't even have to do that so at the very least that's how you know Star Wars is in good hands because this guy Charles Soule does his homework he cares you know he he, he 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 not only is he writing it because you know well he got paid to do it but he's doing it because he also loves Star Wars and he wants to make sure that everybody else continues to love Star Wars and 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 that's why I love it uh, and uh, so you have Avaro Chris you know you have this Jedi she's connecting everybody she's understanding what's happening uh, and <clears throat> she hasn't really fought yet or done anything because you know, we don't even know what the enemy is yet. I don't know what the enemy is yet. Uh, but then you have this guy, Great Storm, right? And this is where you really start to see the, the total difference between the Jedi that we knew, uh, or the Jedi, the Jedi that you understand, and then the Jedi of, like, right now. Uh, because this is the start of the downfall. And so Great Storm and his Padawan are going to the planet that's about to be hit by one of the objects, Right? And it's a farm planet, they're in, and they're in the outer rim, so there isn't really a lot of resources, there isn't a lot of ships, and they see this one, I don't know, plantation, I guess you could say, and it has a giant ship. Um, but it looks like the family is very wealthy, and there's, you know, uh, there's a big group of people who are trying to get to the ship, but it's guarded by the guards of this house, of this wealthy family, and the Jedi go down there, and they try to resolve the situation. And, you know, Greystorm walks up to the gate. You know, everybody moves out of the way because they look like gods with their brand new robes that they were doing, which was ceremonial and stuff. Um, and they get up to the guards, and the guards are like, yo, what's up, Jedi? Uh, uh, what are you guys trying to do here? And, and Greystorm was like, listen, uh, you're going to let these people get on the ship and the guard was like no my job is to make sure these people don't get on the ship <laughs> and, <laughs> and and there's a lot of chaos happening because the republic is broadcasting that everybody needs to to travel and evacuate into the inner cores into into the inner rim uh so you know they don't die from these crazy objects that are coming from who knows where in in the outer rim uh, so everyone's freaking out. There's no way a lot of these people can get off planet, uh, and it's it's chaos. It's it's basically like the the world is ending, but it's not the world. It's like the galaxy is ending, you know. So it's it's terrifying for these people. So you know, Great Storm, he's 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 like, all right, you know what? Uh, you, you're gonna do this, and 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 the guard is like, what are you gonna do? Are you going to fight all of us? And 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 then Great Storm like threatened him and i was i don't know about anybody else but i was kind of taken back by this because graystorm was like i will come up there and i'm going to fight all of you and and this is what he says yeah here i'll even read it i have it here he says what do you think you're going to do jedi cut right through the walls with your lightsaber fight off every one of us his master leaned forward a smile not a smile now on his lips as well as in his voice sure he said why not the guard's face changed, no longer amused, now confused. 
and concerned. So like, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, it, it's and, and then immediately he tells you know he opens the gates and and everything and it, it's just for Jedi. You know, they're supposed to be peacekeepers, uh, but they're also like lone rangers in this. You know, they're they're, they're Texas Rangers, as you know, and that's and. And that's the craziest thing is I feel like that's the difference, because you only see that really, uh, in Revenge of the Sith, you know, during the Clone Wars era where like the Jedi are really, yeah, they're losing their way, you know, and and this is so early in that time, where I wasn't expecting that, I was expecting way more of like monk, uh, you know, like peace way, you know, and. Uh, that was just so random from the supposed greatest teacher of the time. Uh, but I think that was very telling, too, because the Graystorm guy is supposed to be, like, the best teacher. Uh, and his methods, his ways are, like, really out of the norm, the way he teaches his Padawan. He was talking about, before they went down there, about how he was going to, and I quote, drop his Padawan from the tallest skyscraper on Coruscant. And, you know, Coruscant is an entire planet that's a city. And he was going to drop him from the largest building so he could learn how to use the Force, you know, <laughs> uh, to stop him from falling and splatting his brains all over the place. Uh, it's just, it's a different time. And, and, and I feel like that's where we start to have our dismay here, our, our, our decline, uh, anything you can think about when it comes to Jedi. And uh, yeah, I, I just, it, it boggled my mind for a second. But but that's why I, I love it. Uh, I love it so much because everything that's going on. And uh, right after that too, like there's marauders that come in and they start just shooting at the people because they're trying to get off the planet as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, but what I love, uh, I think I've said that so many times, I'm just loving that, and I also love the world building. Um, like, it makes me feel like I'm alone in the Outer Rim. And I haven't really felt like that in Star Wars until I literally sit here and just read novels and just read stuff about uh, the Outer Rim, you know, online and, and in other books and stuff. There, there isn't really, like, a movie of Star Wars that makes me feel like that. The Mandalorian did a really good job of making you understand what else is out there in the Outer Rim, especially with season two, uh, just to show you how far the Mandalorian has to travel to get to places. You know, you, you have Tython, but Tython is also in like the inner core planets. It's not in the Outer Rim. Rise of Skywalker has Exegol and all these other planets. There's uh, Lash and I has Octu, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of good things in the Star Wars universe, but I don't think it's been built correctly like it has been in this novel, because when it's, um, when I'm in this novel, you know, uh, you, like, you really understand that there is a catastrophe happening in the Outer Rim, and nobody can get to them in time. The only people that could get to them in time was the Jedi, and this is supposed to be the height of the Republic. And that's what was talking about, too. One of the leaders of the Outer Rim of the Republic was talking about, like, you know, uh, is this a problem with the Republic? Is it showing that it's no longer as 
as grand as it's supposed to be because they never thought something like this would happen. But I think that also exposes them as a galactic government that you did not have a contingency plan for something like this to happen. Uh, and, and, and that's where the story gets good because it makes me care about elements of the Star Wars universe that one, I took for granted, two, I never cared about, I never gave a damn about the Republic, and I, and I didn't really understand like how far out the Outer Rim was. Uh, and then you watch the Mandalorian, you know, and the uh, <coughs> and the Rangers, uh, the the you know the uh, the New Republic Rangers, you know, t uh, talks to Cara Dune, and you know he's all like, "Look, something's happening out here. These, you know, these uh, all of the stuff is related. You know, all these incidents isolated in the Outer Rim. Something's going on." Um, and and that's enough. That's like one of the only times I feel like in Star Wars story. Where it tells you, like, listen, uh, you're out here and nobody's going to get to you. Uh, Phantom Menace is another good example where, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and Padme and Jar Jar Binks, you know, they finally find Anakin and they talk about Republic credits, the currency that they have. And, you know, Wada's all like, what? You know, Republic credits, that stuff doesn't, that has no value here. I need something real, you know, something more valuable. Um, and same thing with uh, Shmi Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker's mother. You know, she talks about that as well. You know, the, the Republic does not exist out here, you know. Uh, and, and, and you take those lines for granted. But then when you read something like this, where the entire story is coming together, it's building the war world for you. The galaxy is slowly uh, uh, growing on this foundation. This is a great foundation. This is a this is this is just a good starting point for the book. I haven't even finished it yet, but it's just it's already good enough, you know. Uh, and that's the thing too is I feel like it's only going to get better uh, from here on out because it took about six chapters for the book to finally start going where it needed to go. And and I didn't like that at the beginning because when I was reading it, I was really worried <clears throat> that it was going to have nothing in it you know and uh and, and i and i'm so glad that i'm wrong because uh this is probably the most important project that star wars has had since the movies i still feel like it's it's a little more important than the movies because this is the hardcore stuff that you know fans like myself are going to enjoy uh for the rest of you know the uh, for the rest of our lives because if the movies don't work out this stuff is the only thing that's going to continue the story uh, moving, you know. And I I like it. I just I just really really enjoy these characters because these characters are new. Uh, it's it's literally the first phase of all this. It's only going to get better. You're only going to understand these characters. Uh, like, this is the only time you're really not going to know these characters. You know, you're, they're slowly going to get more fleshed out and and, and, and better throughout everything. <clears throat> and we're in book one right now. And, you know, we're in phase one with everything else. We still have the comics that's going to come out, like, every month. Um, and I can't wait. I literally cannot wait to sink my teeth into more of the High Republic stuff. Because I want it to be successful. I want it to be as successful as it possibly can. Uh, because if it's more successful, then ugh, we get movies, we get video games. Oh, and I just, I just want, I want an MMO 
so bad. Like, I, I just want a grand, open-world Star Wars game with multiplayer. It doesn't have to be an MMO. I just, I just need that, you know? Um, and I feel like the High Republic... <clears throat> there's two there's two times to do this uh, I feel like right now in the Star Wars universe that would work so well and be successful and that is the High Republic because it's just ahead of everything else and you and in your you could have all these Jedi come in you build your character and go around and, and do whatever you want um, or the time span of the Mandalorian you know that would be good too make your own Mandalorian character make your own Jedi character make your own whatever you know New Republic character I think there's uh, I, but I think the basis here is exploring the universe because uh, that's what's so great about Star Wars is Star Wars is so vast Star Wars is so beautiful and there's so many characters there's so many elements of Star Wars that are just not being used and I feel like this book is such a great beacon that brings you into that it shows you it reveals uh, that issue of this is not being used correctly. And, and and I think Charles Soule does it so well. And I can't wait to see more of it. I mean, like, and, and there's the thing, too. So, the Jedi have certain starships, right? And there's two really cool characteristics uh, that we get a lot of, like, little lore that we honestly haven't gotten a lot of in a lot of these other, uh, a lot of these other books. And uh, one of them, well, we're get, we get uh, introduced to, I think, a Duros uh, Jedi, who, if you, know, if, you, if, if you know Cad Bane, Cad Bane is a Duros. Their, their race, their species, is actually really fragile, which is pretty astonishing for them to be so, I don't know, viable, you know, and important inside the universe, because their race isn't supposed to be. That's why Cad Bane was so impressive to me, because his, his species, like, really shouldn't be in combat a jedi uh you know his species shouldn't be a jedi uh so it's really cool to see that but uh she's a duros and they talked about her lightsaber and how her lightsaber was uh just really ugly like and they they even said it, it was like if there was an uglier lightsaber <laughs> in in the in the academy in the order she had never seen it and so that that was enough to, to dictate that she had the ugliest lightsaber. And it talked about how she had to refurnish the top because it had been broken off so many times. The only thing that was always, uh, that somehow maintained its value was the crystal, the kyber crystal itself, which always beamed as, as beautiful. It always been since the day she, she uh, connected with it. Um, but then they talk about the ship, right? And, and these are, these are, they're called vectors. And, it's funny because you take this for granted as well, and uh, the vectors are, are these starships that are kind of in tune with the Force, uh, and uh, it's really crazy because you know how a lot of these, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone to an air and sea show before where they show off the like the fighter jets and everything like that, and you see them do, like the Blue Angels was always a really big thing back in the day when I used to go, uh, when that stuff was like a thing. I don't know if they do it anymore now because how dangerous the world is, but... Uh, I would always watch the Blue Angels, and the Blue Angels would do all these formations and everything, uh, and it was really cool. You know, they would do all this crazy stuff, crazy stunts. Um, but these vectors are like that, but you're connected to the Force with each other. So the entire squadron is connected, uh, and it's almost as if like they're a computer program, because they know left, right, up, down, what everybody's doing simultaneously, and, and it's almost like computer AI 
that they just are always on each other's you know movements they know what they're doing before they do it and it's not even because they practice and they memorize it it's because they're connected to each other and it's so funny because like of course they would be they're jedi right but i don't think we've ever seen anything like that you know uh in this new canon anyway uh and i, and I was just like wow you know like like you always expect jedi to have that type of possibilities but it's just like oh wow you know wow okay yeah and then they also what was also cool too is like not anybody can fly the ship like it has to be it's like the con the controls are so intuitive that you have to have such a high level of focus that a regular human or a regular person could not do it and then on top of that you had a special key it was called a light key or a Jedi key, I can't remember. I think it was a light key. I think that's what it was called. Um, and so that was cool too. I was just like, wow, you know, like that. that and it's so funny because it mentions that within like two or three lines of the book. And I was just like, dang, dude, like I'm. This is some of the best stuff I've read in the entire new Disney canon. Like just just from those lines right there, you know. Um, and I and I, I love that. Like I, that's I like that stuff where I said to myself. Dude, this is Star Wars, you know? Um, this is Star Wars. And one of the guys that I always watch, and I and I don't I don't like listening to his videos so much. I'm sorry, fam, if you're out there. I hope if you ever listen to this, I doubt it, but um, his his name is Thor Skywalker, right? And I always listen to his videos just because he's one of the he's one of the most influential people in the Star Wars community. You have Eckerd's Laherty, you have Star Wars Explained, Star Wars Theory, Mr. Penn's Wave. You know, there's uh, Hello Greedo. There's a lot of people out there who are very influential, and he's one of them. Um, but he's someone who, in my opinion, uh, no disrespect. Oh, he over criticizes stuff, right? And what I mean by that is like he'll talk about similar things. You know, uh, Ray being overpowered, or why. Uh, uh, why the sequel trilogy failed, uh, uh, just anything that you could think of that is is more so on the negative spectrum, you know. Um, and I remember when the High Republic stuff had come out, he didn't really like the villains uh, that were given concept art and that were shown to be the main, you know, adversaries of our Jedi during this time. And one of the biggest things was the Drengnir, uh, the plant-like... Uh, uh, carnivorous creatures that were a part of this too, uh, and and his comment section was very negative, very 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 negative uh, about this stuff, and 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 his titles are all, all, always I I don't want to say like uh, toxic because they're not toxic. It's just there's a certain way you have to do thumbnails and you have to do titles because it's you know that's you're getting you're, you're monetizing it, so this is your way of life, you know. So you so people have to do this, you know. And there's a way you do it when you're in Star Wars. I've never done it because I just don't like doing it. Um, but there's a certain way you have to do it when you're a Star Wars content creator so you can get that certain uh, audience, per se, you know, that, that is yours that you're trying to, to hook to. Um, and I watched his video, and, and even he said this was one of the best new stuff that he's read in the Disney new canon. And I was so happy about that because um, I was I'm always really worried that... I love something too much, uh, and then it turns into bias, you know. Uh, but I don't think I'm as biased as I believe myself to be because, I mean, I I've, I I just look at the Last Jedi and and the Rise of Skywalker, and 
and I, I know I, I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that. And that's not shooting stuff at those movies. It's just, um, I was just really sad after those movies. That's all, you know. I, I like them now, and I enjoy them because I love Star Wars. Um, but they're definitely uh, not my favorites, if that makes any sense. And there's a lot of books that I've read, and I can turn around right now. I'll look at my book bookshelf, and um, let's look. Life Debt. Yeah, it was okay. Last Shot. Uh, good. It was good. That's it. I just think it's good. You know, uh, Phasma was fantastic. I thought Phasma was a really good book. I, I, I really loved, um, uh, Delilah Dawson's, uh, her, her, her way of writing was just different, but I, but it was, it was a better different, you know? Um, and I like that. Shadowfall, uh, a lot of people really like those books. Um, I think they're okay. You know, there's some things that I can get from them, like if, uh, for X-Wing stuff and, and some other story building stuff. But other than that, like, they're just okay to me. You know, after I read them, I really don't go back. Um, Resistance Reborn was really good. Um, but it also set me up for w way more excitement than I thought I was going to get for Rise of Skywalker. And I was going into that movie thinking it was going to be like the book and it, and it wasn't anywhere near it. There was characters that weren't involved. It was just, uh, um, it was misdirection <laughs> by a thousand. But the book was good. Um, but Ahsoka was okay. Aftermath was okay. Uh, Lord of the Sith was awesome. Um, Lost Doors is okay. But the books that I've loved the most are all the Thrawn books. You know, like, I think about those Thrawn books every day after I've read them. Um, and I'm only about 13 or so chapters in this book right now. And I think it's going to be up there. Is it going to be... Uh, I mean, my favorite book right now for for the new Disney new canon is Thrawn Alliances. Uh, is it going to be up there? Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, even already. Like, I just... I think it's going to be close. I hope the book uh, has a couple more things going on. You know? I hope we get to see Avar Chris. And I'll let you guys know next week. Because I'll be done by next week. Um, good story. If, if you're into Star Wars... Or if you want to get into Star Wars, um, even if you've never read any Expanded Universe books, this is your time to get into it because this these are brand new characters, brand new elements. Uh, it's literally like movie one. You know, it's literally like book one. Uh, this is the perfect time to get into it. And if you don't like reading, get an audiobook because it's literally like an audio movie. And I'm not joking about that. So go out there and get it. You can literally subscribe. Uh, excuse me. You could literally like do a free trial on Audible and get two free credits right there and get this book for free. I'm not even joking. So go out there and do it, please, because uh, the book is good and you should, at the very least, get a hold, like, just get excited about it. You know, go out and do it. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this, about my little talk, uh, and uh, I hope you all have some feedback for me later. Come hit me up on Twitter, at Dagavir, at Lord Dagavir on Twitter. And of course on YouTube, please, I would love to talk more about this stuff. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for listening, Searcher. I appreciate you all. And I hope that uh, we can talk more about this High Republic stuff later. And uh, I'll see you around. Deuces.